Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls. We're back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, folks, I got a bee in my bonnet today. You want to know why? I hate false doctrine. I hate the fact that you have men and women standing up in these apostate churches, lying on God, deceiving the people, putting them back on the road back to hell, all of this so that they can depart you from your money. So today, I want to talk about that damnable, once saved, always saved, false doctrine. This is definitely a doctrine of devils. Listen, let's just cut right to the chase of it all. Once saved, always saved is a false teaching. That is not at all what Jesus preached. So, before I get into my tear today because you know why I'm sick of it I'm sick of it just like Lot over there in 2nd Peter chapter 2 the Bible tells us that Lot was a righteous man and that how he was just sick of it of all the sin and the unrighteousness that he heard and saw day after day he was sick of it So, I too am sick of the false teachings that come down the pike from these wolves in sheep clothing where you have naive people who are sincerely looking, looking to looking to understand and get to know who God is through his son, Jesus. That's it. We ain't looking to be browbeated in the head over the false doctrine of tithing, church membership, 
pastors covering and all this other traditions of men. All we were trying to do is to find out how to now live holy, being grateful that Jesus has pulled us out of the pit of hell. And all we are looking to do is to teach me about the Bible. So let us pray. Father, my Heavenly Father, we love you and we want you to be our King, Lord, and Savior. Father, teach us today what is true about salvation. It is the hope of glory. We who have repented of our sins, confessed our sins, we have come to the altar of your grace, seeking forgiveness through the shed blood of Jesus, your son. Father, it is so, so disturbing to me that men and women of depraved minds who are corrupt are lit are leading your people back on the road to destruction. Father, help us today. Show us through your Holy Spirit the truth of what Jesus said about salvation, about the hope of his return. Father, help us today. Have mercy. Have mercy, Father. I can't say it enough, Father. Thank you so much for saving me. Thank you that through my brokenness over my sins, you have woken me up. You have woken me up to the fact that I was on my way to a burning hell. That if I don't stop doing what I am doing, I wasn't going to make it. So, Father, help me. Help me to, one, understand and help me to teach this, Father. Help me to let the people know that we must sit at the feet of Jesus, that we must study to show ourselves approved, that we, that we should walk in obedience so that we can come to you in prayer with a clear conscience, not being spoon-fed, twisted scriptures. Help us today, Father. I'm calling on you for help today. Father, open up my eyes. Let me see. Let me see the truth in your word, Father. I want to learn. And may we as a as the body of Christ come together and help one another. Iron sharpens iron. Let us learn from each other. You have given us ministry gifts. May those who have been gifted in any one of those areas, may we turn around and teach it to our fellow men, our fellow men. Let the Holy Spirit ride on our vocal cords today. Let us open up our minds and our hearts to the truth. 
So what? That elderly pastor told you you have eternal security. That is a lie. We don't got this in the bag. Father, I love you. And I pray that today's lesson and teaching bring you glory. May the Holy Spirit open up my mind so I can see the truth in your word. And never again be led astray by these wolves in sheep's clothing. Teach us how to test every spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Like I said, let us just cut right to the chase of it all. Go grab your Bibles because I have done to the glory of God, another teaching on this damnable false doctrine. Check the podcast. Yesterday, I was listening to this wonderful sister over there on YouTube. She has an awesome ministry on repentance. And she was teaching on this damnable once saved, always saved false doctrine and down in the comments I saw and you know what what I love about the comments (laughs) okay aside from the uh, trolls but you have sincere brothers and sisters in Christ that adds a wealth of information to a particular topic and so I'm down in the comments because that is where For me, a lot of the time, iron sharpens iron. I'm telling you, the download of wonderful information that the Holy Spirit gives to us, and then we are able to convey that to one another. Oh, I love that. And so I'm down in the comments, and I see this wonderful brother, oh my goodness, I mean, scriptures after scriptures, a wealth of information that debunks this damnable, once saved, always saved. And I'm like, yes, Holy Spirit, let me gleam from my brother and bring it to the podcast. And so we have to find out once and for all, what did Jesus preached? Okay, because nowhere in the Bible does he say, once you are saved, you are you are always saved. Absolutely not. He didn't even imply that. Glory be to God. Listen, today, Like I said, go grab your Bibles because we are going to see through the scriptures today what it is that Jesus said about salvation. What did he say about it? Because Jesus told his disciples to preach repentance and remission of sins. That's what he that's what he tells all of us to do. Amen. Folks, the truth of the matter is we are being saved. So even in that 
that description or whatever you want to call it, once saved. Uh, hello, when were we ever saved? Okay, like as if we were saved, period. No, that it that alone should have been a red flag to all of us because once we were saved, when when were we saved? Because the truth of the matter is that we are being saved. We are in the sanctification process, people. Okay, there's still some cutting and pruning that needs to be done by the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. Listen, we don't got this in the bag. Just because we said some unbiblical and, and unscriptural sinner's prayer, or we ran down the aisle of some false teacher to the altar crying and noses running, talking about Jesus coming to my heart. Listen, you need to wake up. Because we have been deceived, folks. Listen, Luke 24, 45 to 47 says, Then he, talking about Jesus, opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Amen. And we see in Mark 1.15 that Jesus started his earthly ministry by saying what? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So we're in all of that is Jesus is telling us that that once you come to me, even though you are still in your sins and that you are still sinning, don't worry about anything. You still get to go to heaven. Absolutely not. Listen, because over here on this podcast, to the glory of God. By the work of the Holy Spirit, this is all we talking about over here. Repentance and believe in Jesus Christ and walk in obedience to the Father. So that when Jesus returns, we won't be shameful. Our heads down, shrinking back in fear because, oh my goodness, he, he did come, and, and here we are still in sin. Now, listen, over here on this podcast, this is all we're preaching about the truth. Because if you are looking for any other faith alone, instantly saved message, you've come to the wrong place, my friend. Oh, absolutely. Because even when I'm out there in the streets, in the highways, in the byways, in the hedges, right? I already told y'all about my great big old signs, right? Like, the front is like in red, background red, letters, big bold letters, sinners, 
will not inherit God's kingdom, repent, you know, and Christians, well, professing Christians come up to me like on two occasions wanting to know the whole premise of the sign. And I'm thinking in my head, don't you know the premise of my sign and and what is my intention of this bold in your face message because if I would just tone it down don't you think that you can win more people to Christ y'all better get away from me with that okay get away get daughters of Satan back it up so listen God now commands all men everywhere to repent and we see this in Acts 17 or 30 right if we will obey confessing and forsaking sin will enter his promised mercy and we see that in proverbs 28 13 yep we are going straight to the bible today line upon line precept upon precept because we cannot be led astray any longer. So, we see in 1 John 1, 9 how we will be forgiven once we confess that sin, right? And how our past sins, not that damnable past, present, and future sins, have been forgiven at the cross as if all of our sins, right? Our past, our present, and our future sins rolled up into one big ball just been nailed to the cross. That is unscriptural, okay? Our past sins is what has been forgiven, right? We see this in Acts 3.19, Romans 3 2 Peter 1 9. We'll have redemption from the death penalty when we have earned, I mean, back it up. We will have redemption from the death penalty we had earned for our past sins. And we see this in Romans 5 9. And Titus 2.14. Because what does the Bible tells us? It tells us in Romans 6.23. That the wages of sin is death. All of us. All of us deserve the death penalty. And that is eternal separation from God. And from Jesus. Over there in the lake of fire. Amen. But will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which God gives to them that obey him. If you think for one moment that you can stay in your sins and still get to go to heaven, you are deceived and you need to repent because Acts 5 Acts 5.32 tells us that we will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit to them that obey him. Amen. And you must repent. 
Repent is a turning of your mind from sin to God. It's like doing a 180 degree turn back to God. Forsaken sin, hating sin, just like God hates sin. You hate it just as much as God does. So we see how we must repent in Acts 2.38 because this is how we enter justification. No longer under condemnation. And we see that in Romans 8.1. While we remain in his grace, we have what? The hope of salvation. Because Paul wrote about this in 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 8 through 9. And then we see in 1 John 2.25 the promised gift of eternal life to be received at Jesus' revelation, his coming. And we see that in 1 Peter 1 verse 13 because the apostles Paul and Peter gave the correct perspective on salvation. It is something we hope for to be received in the future. It is not a done deal because you have said, well, Jesus come into my heart. No, our salvation is something that we hope for to be received in the future so in the meantime and between time we live holy we live righteously why because we have confessed our sins we have repented from um, those sins so that we can receive forgiveness of our past sins and going forward we stay out of sin we go like Jesus told the woman who was caught in adultery, go, comma, and sin no more. There is no excuse talking about how, oh, it's just so impossible to stop sinning. Well, if you have that mindset, then you have not been born again. Absolutely not. Listen, according to Paul, during during this mortal life, we have the hope of salvation and are appointed to obtain salvation. Because look, over here in 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, 9, listen to this. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. For God had not appointed us to wrath, but, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Folks, listen, Paul did not tell them they were already saved. Nope. And now look, here's Peter saying, shall be saved. In the future. Look, Acts 15, 11. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Amen. Listen, 
in fact, Jesus tells us we must endure to the end to be saved. Matthew 10, 22. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endure to the end shall be saved. Amen. And so not to waste our time about going over all the proof text that the once saved, always saved crowd love to pull out and twist. Listen, okay. I'm speaking to the body of Christ, true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is not what Christ preached. Not at all. Nowhere in scripture does it tells us before Christ comes, we have this locked down and loaded. No, scripture after scripture tells us to stand firm, don't fall back into sin, stop sinning, repent, confess your sins. It's telling us all of that for a reason. Listen, we will be saved. Saved from ever perishing in death when we actually receive the promised gift of eternal life at Jesus' return. That's when we shall get it. Paul, Paul explained this in 1 Corinthians 15, 42-54 and 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 17. Listen, short of receiving the gift of eternal life, we will surely perish in death, losing everything, very much unsaved. Folks, listen, salvation, in other words, eternal life is a grace promised to us to be received at Jesus' revelation or return. 1 John 2.25 says this, And this is the promise that he had promised us, even eternal life. This is a promise to come, folks. The Holy Spirit so wonderfully reminded me this morning as I'm thinking about all of this, that is why he is called a deposit, a guarantee, a down payment, if you will, of this promise, of this eternal life. It is, it is a down payment of what's to come. That's some good news. We can't take that lightly. So, we're in all of this. I mean, it must take a corrupt mind to tell the people that we are safe. We are home run safe. And then people are in sin thinking that they are safe. They ain't got too much to, you know, worry about. Yeah, we shouldn't be doing this, but all we got to do is pull First John, First uh, John one nine out the back pocket. Go on and confess that sin, and God has to keep His word to forgive you. Just taking His grace as a license to keep on sinning. 
Y'all need to repent and stop it because we all did that and we need to stop doing that. Amen. Listen, 1 Peter 1.13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is that is to be brought unto you when at the revelation of Jesus Christ, meaning when Christ returns. All of this waiting and hoping is for Jesus to return to save us, to save us so that we will have our glorified bodies. Listen, if we are the generation to see Jesus crack open up that firmament, then we shall have bodies like his. Glory be to God. Listen, if we go by the way of the grave until he returns, then we walk out this mortal life in obedience. Glory be to God because don't you want to come back with Jesus when he cracks open up that firmament after we go through a chunk of of the the great tribulation because that's another false doctrine i can't even get it out that's another false doctrine the pre-trib rapture i did a teaching on that too to the glory of god check the podcast listen justification and salvation are two different things my friend at different times in this mortal life we may enter justification, but we will not be saved until we receive eternal life at Jesus' return. You see, this is where we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, like for real, for real, to get this understanding. Because if we let the false apostate church tell it, we, we are already saved, period. No, that is not what the scriptures are saying here. Listen, much more than being now justified by his blood, because folks, that's where we are. We are the just. We, we live by faith. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be. Not we are. Look at what the... Look at what the scriptures are saying. We shall be saved from wrath through him. Paul, this is uh, Romans 5, 9. And this is another example of shall be saved. Look at what Paul just finished telling us here. He's telling us we shall be saved. Listen. Matthew 7.23 And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Because by his blood, a person may enter justification through him. That person shall be saved, right? Right? Through him means 
through a relationship with him. Because remember Jesus' words about those who had preached in his name and had and had cast out devils in his name and had done many wonderful works. What did Jesus warn them that he would say to them? Like we just read in Matthew 7, 23, depart from me. I never knew you. Amen. You worker of iniquity. Folks, not only must we know him, we must continue to abide in him. Amen. So, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. That's what Jesus said over here in John 15, 6. So how do we enter justification? Through faith. That's what Ephesians 2, 8 tells us that God exists and rewards. And we see this in Hebrews eleven six. We may then choose to obey and come to God. Hebrews eleven six. Because folks, look, listen. The bottom line is that Jesus told us that no man comes to him unless the Father draws him, right? We need to obey when we hear the call of God on our lives. In other words, we must obey him on his terms, repentance, for that we receive his promised mercy. Acts 17.30 says it all. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. Amen. Proverbs 28.13 says, He that covered his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Glory be to God. So what is the mercy promised in Proverbs 28, 13? Our past sins will be blotted out. Amen. Look, Acts 3, 19. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Amen. Listen, folks. A believer, a person who through faith has come to God, confessing and forsaken sin, has been purged from his old sins. And that's over there in Second Peter 1.9. Believers have remission of sins that are past. Because see, we got to like beat that into the heads of the people. Okay? Past sins. Because the whole damnable part of that once saved, always saved terminology is that even your present and future sins has have been forgiven whereby you you have eternal security 
No matter what you do, you can't outsend God's grace. That is not what the Bible teaches, folks. It is not. I know it sounds good. It sounds comforting. It tickles the ear because it makes you feel like no one is judging you. It makes you feel comfortable in your sins that, yeah, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but don't tell me about it because at the end of the day, I'm saved. You are deceived, my friends. No, you are not. We are being saved. And if you go back to your old sinful lifestyle, you ain't going to make it. But Jesus said, no man shall pluck you out of my hand. Yeah, for the one who stays in it. For the one who continues to abide in him. The one who put away the sin, don't want nothing to do with the sin. Live in holiness and righteousness. Being spirit led. Yeah, for that man. Yeah. Yes, he will have eternal security because he got the memo to go and sin no more. Amen. Listen, common sense. What makes you think that holy God, just because you in your flesh said some sinner's prayer, that you can do whatever you do and he must let you in? I can't tell you how I can't tell you how damnable that thinking is. Listen, folks. Listen. Believers have remission of sins that are past. Romans 3 21 to 26 says, But now the righteousness of God has been clearly revealed. This is the Amplified. Independently and completely apart from the law, though it is actually confirmed by the law and the words and writings of the prophets, this righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ for all those Jews or Gentile who believe and trust in him and acknowledge him as God's son. There is no distinction since all have sinned and continually fall short of the glory of God and are being justified, declared free of the guilt of sin, made acceptable to God and granted eternal life as a gift. As a gift by his precious, undeserved grace through the redemption, the payment for our sin, which is provided in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly before the eyes of the world as a life-given sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation by his blood to be received through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness, which demands punishment for sin. Amen. So again, what makes you think that you can stay in your sins? 
Look, it says, because in his forbearance, his deliberate restraint, he passed over the sins previously committed before Jesus' crucifixion. Verse 26, it was to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time. Why? So that he would be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus and rely confidently on him as Savior. Amen. Listen, folks, believers have redemption by grace from the death penalty they had earned for past sins. Yeah, I'm sounding like a broken record for a reason. Listen, I already told y'all what the Bible says over there in Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Believers, true believers, have been saved from hopelessness they are no longer under condemnation no longer under the death penalty already earned as the wages of their past sins that redemption was made possible by his blood as we saw in romans 5 9 jesus made his death available to cover our death penalty amen with past sins that separated us from God was erased and no longer under we are no longer under condemnation we enter justification reconciled with God no longer separated from God now we can begin a new life the times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord as we saw in Acts 3.19. Amen. Where it says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Amen. And how are we in the presence of the Lord? Through the gift of the Holy Spirit given to those who obey and come to God in repentance. Amen. Look, Acts 5.32. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God had given to them that obey him. Amen. Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That is how we are in the presence of the Lord through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus guides us out of slavery to sin and into his righteousness overcoming slavery to sin this is how we are made ready to receive the gift of eternal life and to inherit the kingdom of god listen creation is not finished sons and daughters 
for the Father's eternal family are being created right now through Jesus. He is the potter. We are the clay. Jesus says in Revelation 3.19, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Our relationship with him is yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. And we see this in Hebrews Hebrews 12, 11. Revelation 21, 7 says, He that overcome shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Amen. Listen, we cannot make the journey along the narrow way that Jesus talked about over there in Matthew 7, 14, that leads to life without the Holy Spirit help. It ain't happening, folks, not on any day of the week. Amen. And that journey can neither begin nor continue without our repentance and abiding in Christ Jesus because outside of repentance we receive no mercy and no redemption we will surely perish in death paying our own death penalty and folks I keep telling y'all on this podcast God ain't playing with that lake of fire you do not want to stand before Jesus trying to give an account for your life without being in him absolutely not outside of repentance we cannot be made ready to receive the gift of eternal life why because for these reasons jesus warned in luke 13 5 except ye repent except you repent you shall all likewise perish He can't be clear enough. You must repent. Listen. Peter makes it clear too. We either either come to repentance or we perish. And that's the bottom line. Listen. He says in 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some as some men count slackness but is long suffering to us not willing that anyone should perish but that all shall come to repentance listen nothing about faith alone there okay jesus told his disciples to preach repentance and remission of sins not faith alone not faith plus nothing equals salvation no it's not it's not only believing in jesus what makes you a person on your way to heaven it is repentance you must repent and you must believe so that you will have remission of your sins. Listen, we all got this free will 
where sin is concerned, right? And it is possible for us to return to a life of sin, no longer in repentance and no longer abiding in him. Because I can't for the life of me understand now, how can you teach a person that no matter what you do, don't worry about it. You are, you will always be saved and you will most surely go to heaven. Even when you playing around in your sins, how, how can you tell a person that? And now that we have some clarity, how could we even believe that? You want to know why it was so easy for us to believe it? Because we were in sin and we wanted to have our ears tickled. That's it. Because you can't make me believe nothing else. Listen. There are scriptures after scriptures that tells us what happens if we don't, if we don't abide in Jesus, if we don't repent, and that how if we go back out into the world, back out into sin, we ain't going to make it. Listen, like I said about that free will, where, where sin is concerned, it is is possible for us to return to a life of sin yes it is it is because they act like oh no it's not possible it's possible listen it is possible for us to return to a life of sin no longer in repentance and no longer abiding in him in that case we have fallen away from justification, no longer on the narrow way that leads to life. That's why the apostle gave, all the apostles gave all those warnings not to fall away and not to fail of the grace of God, to give diligence, to make sure, to make your calling and election sure. Second Peter 1 10 through 11. Listen, to continue in his goodness or else be cut off. And we see that in Romans 11 verses 19 to 22. Listen, it tells us to continue in his goodness or else be cut off. And that's the bottom line. You will be cut off. You will become a withered branch to be bundled together and burned. What part of if we don't stop sinning, we ain't going to make it. Are we not getting folks? Listen, Hebrews 4.1 tells us because in closing, I'm going to give us some scriptures that, that should wake us up. Okay. Let us therefore fear less a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it because I'm about to give us a list of similar verses, just like Hebrews 4, 1 that warns us, you could go back into sin and forfeit your inheritance. Oh, yes, you can. But Jesus said, no man can pluck us out of his hand. Well, then stay out of sin. And you ain't got nothing to worry about, right? It's, it just stands to reason. Listen, 1 Corinthians 9, 
24 to 27 tells us how Paul understood he himself could possibly return to sin and be a castaway. Look, 2 Peter 2, I love it. I told y'all over there in verses 20 to 22, because look, it talks about even after knowing Jesus, it is possible to return to a life of sin and end up worse than before. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 10, 26 to 27 tells us if we return to a life of sin, listen, we all need to nose plant our brain into Hebrews 10, 26 to 27. It talks about how there is no more sacrifice for sins. Um, Jesus was the last one, okay? The perfect sacrifice. And that how if we deliberately and willfully continue to keep on sinning, well, what else is left for God to do with you? He already done sent Jesus as the as the perfect sacrifice for sins. Our only expectation is okay of raging fire it tells us what is it verse 31 that how it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living god listen hebrews 6 verses 4 through 6 tells us we can fall away even after receiving the holy spirit Hebrews 12, 14 to 15 tells us we can fail of the grace of God. Revelation 3, 5 and 22, 19 tells us our names can be blotted out of the book of life. Listen, it doesn't take a, rock, a rocket scientist to understand all the ifs in the Bibles. If, 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 if we abide in him, if we don't go back into sin, if, if we, if we obey his commandments, then, then we can join him in heaven. Then we receive the gift of eternal life. Listen, we need to meditate on Hebrews 3, 12 to 14. They got a big if over there. Colossians 1, 21 to 23, got a big if over there. Romans 8, 13 to 14, got a big if over there. Listen, we got to read these scriptures. Now, I can't give y'all every single scripture. Glory be to God. We need to go in there and read and meditate and chew and eat these scriptures especially where all the ifs are concerned. We don't got this in the bag, folks. Listen, Luke 12, 45 to 46 talks about how Jesus warned what would happen to servants who return to sin. All we got to do is read it. John 15, this is the super close, and I'm going to let y'all go. John 15, 6, Jesus warned what would happen to those who fail to abide in him. So, folks, 
after all that was said and done, do you still believe that you have been saved, period, as if it's a done deal, and now you can, you can just sit back in sin and enjoy this ride until Jesus come, and you're going to be the first one on the bus talking about, woohoo, let's get on to heaven. You are deceived. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. There are ifs everywhere in the Bible where eternal life is concerned. We must keep ourselves out of sin. We must continue to abide in Jesus. We must make sure this election is sure. Listen, we can't be around here with um, guilty consciences, blood on our hands, still in sin. Listen, Jesus says that it, Jesus said that if you love me, you will obey me. And that's it. Meaning when he tells us among the many scriptures to go and sin no more, that means it is doable and it is a command. You have had your past sins forgiven. We got to act like it, folks. We we have to live lives of repentance in gratitude, in humbleness that we have been saved from the wrath of God to come. Listen, a terrible time is coming on this earth. And if we are alive to see that, we must be prepared for that. We can't be playing around Talking about, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, oh, I'm a follower of Jesus. And yet you still friends with this world. You ain't going to make it. We all are not going to make it, folks. We got to wake up. Jesus is on his way back. This is not a game. We sitting up under all of these false teachers, making them rich. Meanwhile, we over here sick, broke, busted, and disgusted, if you will, okay, in terms of our financial status compared to theirs. Oh, but you know what? We are content. Whether we are rich or poor, sick or healthy, living in a shack or living in a mansion, glory be to God, we have a promise. We have the hope that when Jesus comes back, we had stayed the course, we have endured, we have stood firm. That promise is ours. Now we can see how right no one can pluck us out of Jesus' hand. Why? Because we stayed in it. We stayed in it with our eyes on the prize to go on and finish this race. Live lives of holiness because let me tell you, we all not going to live forever. I, I don't know where we missed that memo because we acting like, oh, we got a whole bunch of time to get this together. The fact that you don't know when you are going to die should prepare, should 
propel us and compel us to live holy lives being led by God's spirit. He's our paracletus. He's our partner, our comforter. He is the superintendent of the body of Christ, if you will. He teaches us all things, how to live holy, how to maintain our right standing with God now that Jesus suffered and laid down his life for us. We don't go back into sin. What part of that are we not understanding, folks? We can we cannot let these wolves in sheep clothing lie to us, deceive us, take our money, and put us back on the road to hell with this false comfort comfortability and false sense of security that we got this in the bag we need to wake up we need to wake up and smell the coffee called repentance because otherwise we ain't gonna make it we gotta understand that there are ifs yes yes god ain't playing he ain't playing with us trampling over the blood, the precious blood of his son and grieving the Holy Spirit. It ain't happening, folks. So that's why Jesus said, you want to be a follower of mine? Well, then you need to pick up your cross, deny yourself and come follow me. And he also told us to count the cost. Yeah, we got to leave everything behind. We can't love nobody more than we love Jesus. We can't idolize nothing else in our lives. Jesus is the only one that sits on the throne of your heart. And that's the bottom line. You want to know why? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because he's the only one that laid down his life for you and died for your sins. He took on the penalty that was rightly due to you because you sinned against God. We sinned against holy God. And so Jesus on purpose laid down his life as a sacrifice and took that violent beating of a death for us. That's why we walk in holiness because we appreciate what he has done for us and everything that he has taught us about repentance. We're going to do that. We're going to live holy. We're going to live righteously. We, we are not going to go back to the sin because he already told us you, you will be worse off than before. Ain't nobody got time for that. No, we shall live holy. And as we await his coming, then we shall receive the promise of eternal life. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you so much for this teaching. Thank you for opening up the eyes of the blind, unstopping the ears of the death. We give you glory, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ that we remain true to the living God, that we don't follow after no false gods. We don't believe in a counterfeit Jesus that says that you can, you can stay stuck in your sins and still get to heaven. Absolutely not. Praise you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. All right, folks, another one in the can. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Like the Bible says, bad company corrupt good morals. 
Come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. Amen. Amen. Until next time, Lord willing, I shall, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.